0: Well, good morning, everybody. For those who are tuning online to see, hear this sermon this morning, it's a real pleasure to be with you this morning. Last time I was sharing the Word of God with you, we're doing exactly the same thing as we are this morning, which is pre-recording it. That was early on last year. And we were with you on the Christmas morning enjoying the Christmas service with you. And I mentioned to a couple of you, at the time that I'd see you in a couple of weeks' time as I came to bring the Word of God, and here we are two weeks later, three weeks later, and, uh, and not able to, uh, to meet um, as we were just those two weeks ago. So uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to come and share the Word. We always love uh, being a part of this church and uh, having the opportunity to, uh, to share the Word of God with you. So before we do that, before we come to the Word of God, let's, uh, let's just uh, commit our time to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you again for the opportunity to uh, draw together as your people. Uh, Whilst whilst that might not be uh, physically, it is virtually together. We are uh, opening your word and uh, hearing from you. We thank you for the technology um, that we have that enables us to meet in this way and to open your word and to hear from it and to be encouraged and challenged by it. Uh, Thank you for those who have been working behind the scenes to enable uh, this to happen this morning. And as we uh, open your word and as we talk through it, uh, as we listen to what you have to say to us, we pray that you would give us hearts that are prepared uh, to hear your word and to take it on board and to do it. We thank you for your word, the fact that it contains so much truth, so much encouragement, all the promises uh, that have been uh, kept right down through the ages. Uh, and we thank you that we can rely on it as your very own word. We thank you for that, and we pray that you'll bless it to us as we hear from it. May our hearts be encouraged in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so as I mentioned in our prayer just then, I feel like God has uh, given me a, a message of encouragement for each one of us this morning, which equally applies to all of us in the congregation, whether you're a small child, whether you're uh, towards the uh, older end of the scale or somewhere in between. I believe that, uh, that this message is for all of us, so I would encourage you uh, to uh, maybe take out a notebook and write some notes down to concentrate and see how this message may be able to be applied in your life to bring you closer to your walk with God. So here we are, 2021. The changing of a year usually brings with it hope and optimism. Uh, a chance to reset, uh, a chance to uh, improve from previous years to better ourselves, uh, and all of this which feeds our New Year's resolutions. And I think for most people around the world, the move from 2020 to 2021 was highly anticipated. There's vaccines for COVID-19 available or soon to be available, and life in Australia was looking a little bit more like normal with states and territory borders open and, uh, and everybody able to freely move about our country. There was great hope and confidence that 2021 would bring about possibly the end to the virus and maybe uh, back to some sort of normality for each one of us. The change from December 31 to 1 January would mark the beginning of the end as what we were hoping for. However, as we all know, it has only taken one week In 2021 before hundreds of memes have been created on social media and throughout the internet bemoaning the impacts the world has felt in this very first week alone. The majority of these memes are stating that we've already had our seven-day trial of 2021 and we would like to hand in our subscription. Let's have a look at what happened in this first week of 2021 alone. The US have recorded almost 1.7 million new cases of COVID-19, their highest week on record. And on the 7th of January, the US passed 4,000 deaths from COVID-19 for the first time in a single day. Here in Australia, whilst we can praise God and thank Him for the extremely low cases we have in our country, we do have to endure the constant Opening and closing and reopening of borders throughout our nation. And the uncertainty of what will happen next, which has thrown so many people's travels plans into chaos. I personally know of a number of people who couldn't travel interstate to be with their family and their friends, those who couldn't visit loved ones who were close to dying. And those who couldn't attend the funeral of parents who had passed away, and I'm sure you have many similar stories, even just from this first week of 2021. As a family, we've just returned from a driving holiday through uh, the central coast of Queensland, taking in the sights of Yapoon and Airlie Beach. And we really enjoyed our time being a part of God's beautiful country, a part that we hadn't seen for a long time, other areas that we hadn't seen at all. I really love getting out into nature and seeing what God has created. We also enjoyed the chance to get away from the usual activities of life, the day-to-day things that uh, we all have to do, and it's really great to, be able to get away from those and really enjoy time together as a family. On our way home, we drove inland and uh, and took the chance to spend three days at Kenya Gorge, just north of Monto and south of Biloela, for those who are wanting to know where that is. Whilst it rained a fair bit of the time whilst we were there, uh, one of the things that we were able to do was go and do some bushwalking. Well, in fact, we actually only got one walk in out of the oh, six or seven that we ticked off that we thought we might be able to do. Uh, because of the rain, we only ended up being able to do one. But one of the things that we noticed when we first got to Canyon Gorge is that we didn't have any mobile phone range, no internet connection. And uh, when we got into our cabin, whilst we had a TV, it wasn't working. And so I think you could say that was complete bliss, a uh, a digital detox in Canyon Gorge. So we arrived there on a Friday morning, last Friday, not yesterday, but a week ago, and uh, went on this three uh, hour hike. um, And it finished, or with about a half an hour to go, two and a half hours in, uh, we approached a lookout overlooking uh, the Canyon Gorge. As we approached the lookout, a couple of steps away, all of a sudden our phones started making noises all over the place. Crazy amount of dinging happening. We had stepped into mobile phone reception and all of a sudden everything was going on. My wife Jackie picked up her phone and started looking at it and exclaimed, have you heard what's going on in America? And as I picked up my phone to go towards my uh, news website to find out what was going on, she then turned around and said, have you heard what's going on in Brisbane? To that I went, no, what's going on? And uh, immediately turned to my text messages and my emails and here were m- many missed calls and messages from people at work saying, what are we supposed to be doing today and on Monday? Off we went to our news website and sure enough, Brisbane was plunged into lockdown on Thursday night from uh, effective from Friday night through to through till Monday at uh, 6 p.m as you're all aware. So here we were within a 24-hour period of being outside of mobile phone reception. We've seen the political instability in the US as all those protesters stormed the Capitol building. And then here in Brisbane itself, experiencing really our first major lockdown for the whole period, having to be forced to wear masks everywhere we went, even as we were travelling together for 14 days in the same car, yet as we crossed Caboolture on the way home last Sunday, we dutifully put on our masks, as did everybody else in the cars around us. So in a 24-hour time frame, many things had changed. It really does look like 2021 won't be too much dissimilar at this stage to 2020. The US had broken down into complete chaos and even in our own homes, in our own relationships, in our own workplaces, uh, chaos reigned on that Friday morning as people were grappling with what the new restrictions meant and what they needed to do. <clears throat> this had all the hallmarks of March 2020, uh, where our lives changed dramatically and fear spread throughout our community. You recall the, uh, the photos and the, the footage on the news showing people lining up outside shopping centres on Friday last week, trying to get in to get their essential supplies of toilet paper and rice and pasta and who knows what else. We'd gone back to the days of panic buying and cleaning out the shelves in supermarkets. What was going on? This was only a three-day lockdown, but shoppers were planning on a two- to three-week hibernation. As I mentioned, we were travelling home last Sunday, And we'd heard from our family that this was what was going on and then there wasn't really much uh, on the shelves in the supermarkets here in Brisbane. And, of course, we'd been away for two weeks. So, yes, we had to top up on a few things, including toilet paper. And so we decided that we would uh, drop in uh, in Gympie and do our shopping for the next couple of days on the way home last Sunday. But even when we got to uh, the coal supermarket at uh, Gimpy, there their toilet paper section was completely stripped bare. Everything was empty. The fear that our community felt in March last year had not disappeared in the intervening months. It had just been covered over by a thin veil of almost normality. But now that veil was shredded and again, it was, the fear of everybody was evident for all to see. It's no wonder so many people are wanting to trade in 2021 for another year. But of course, we can't restart the year, can we? And we can't swap it for another year. So how are we to respond? Is it possible for us to control the chaos that exists from time to time in our lives? Ordinarily, the answer to this question is usually no. We usually cannot control the circumstances we face in life. In saying that, we see in the Bible that Jesus was able to, and still is able to, change and control circumstances. We see that Jesus calmed the storms that were raging on the seas. We see the disciples who were hardened fishermen were in fear for their lives when Jesus stood up and calmed the wind and the waves. We see people being healed and raised to life, and even now God is still able to control and change any circumstances. However, we know that this is not a blanket promise from God. He will not step into every circumstance to remove the chaos for us. It is right for us to pray for our circumstances to change or chaos to be removed. And Jesus himself provides us with that example when he prayed to God in the Garden of Gethsemane that he might take this cup away from him. Yet Christ followed that request with these words, Not my will, but yours be done. So it is right for us to pray this way, but God's will may not include a reprieve from your current circumstances. Just before I go on further, have a think about what is going on in your life at the moment or what has gone on recently in your life that has been chaotic, maybe uncertain, maybe things that have filled you with fear or anxiety. I've mentioned the coronavirus and the political instability that's happening at the moment but maybe for you it's like maybe returning to school, Uh, maybe having to face certain kids in the classroom or playground. Maybe it's having to work for a particular boss or maybe you're concerned about how you will perform whether that be at school, at uni, in your chosen sport, in your workplace. Maybe it's your health challenges Your transition from school to uni, the transition from uni to work, maybe the transition from work into retirement. We all face challenges, we all face changes, we all face difficult circumstances and we all face chaos from time to time. And this frequently leads to uncertainty, anxiety and at times fear. But as believers, God has given us weapons that enable us to control our responses to and the reactions to the chaos that appears in our lives. I deliberately use the word weapon to describe God's amazing gifts because he doesn't give us a defense shield or place us in a bubble so that we react perfectly in every situation. For a weapon to do its job, it must be taken up. It must be constantly prepared and maintained, and then it needs to be used. It cannot do anything on its own. So what are these weapons and how can we use them to control our reactions and responses to the chaotic and fearful circumstances we face? We're going to look briefly at four steps that the Bible lays out for us that can help guide and shape our responses to chaos and uncertainty in our lives. The first one is that we're going to claim the promise that Christ frees us from the slavery of fear. Secondly, we're going to remember that God is always with us. Third, we're going to accept that we will at times face difficulties and trials. And finally, we're going to press on so that we follow God's will. Let's look at the first of these weapons, claiming the promise that Christ frees us from the slavery of fear. If you turn in your Bibles with me to Romans chapter 8, And we'll take a reading there in verses 14 through to 17. So that's Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. Verse 14 reads, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. The Apostle Paul reminds the believers in Rome in this passage that they have received a new spirit, that dwells inside them. But he makes it very clear in verse 15 that it is not a spirit of slavery that causes us to live in fear, but it is a new spirit that comes with a scarcely believable gift. That is, we have received a spirit of adoption as God's children. Before we jump into this, let's for a minute consider what Paul is contrasting. The spirit that makes us a slave to fear, What is he talking about here? Well, fear can be very debilitating. It instantly stops us in our tracks, instantly takes our minds off what we were doing and where we were going. There's nothing like seeing a, uh, a snake across the pathway, a big hairy spider on the ground in front of you, or something worse to make you stop and instantly turn to try and run the other way, or maybe stop and freeze in your tracks and not move. It doesn't happen just with spiders. It happens with all sorts of circumstances as well in our lives, and you would be aware for your own selves what that is. But when we are, are gripped by fear, it takes our mind off our plans and our hopes and our dreams, and it replaces it with a horrible nightmare, usually with a horrendous outcome, no matter how minuscule the chances of it is actually happening. Our mind starts to play tricks on us. It melds reality with fiction. Fear seizes all of our senses and changes the way we look at what is around us and even who is around us. Fear causes us to act irrationally and no longer trust anything or anyone. We start to see those around us as part of the reason for fear rather than part of the solution. And all of a sudden, we become selfish, putting ourselves first with little regard to those around us, making sure we get what we think we need to help fight the cause of our fear before others do. Fear grips us and causes us to do so many things we ordinarily would not do. And just having a look at the reaction to the coronavirus over these past 12 months, we can see all of this playing out in those around us. So here in this passage in Romans 8, the Bible tells us that we can become slaves to fear. Just think about that for a minute. We allow ourselves to become slaves, to be ruled by and overcome by fear. Fear dictates what we think and what we do. This is a great tactic of Satan to stop us doing the will of God. But praise God, this is not the spirit that lives inside us. Yet we are still tempted to allow it to take control from time to time. But we need to remember that we have been set free from its slavery. Let's read earlier on in Romans chapter 8 from verse 1 and through for a few more verses beyond that. So Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. We'll leave our reading there. So we see that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And we see that Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And so we're no longer needing to be holden by sin, by death, or by fear. Our first weapon is to claim these promises in Romans 8 that Christ has set us free and we're no longer bound by the stranglehold of fear. Our second weapon is to remember and believe that God is always with us. Let's jump back to our passage in verses 14 through 17 of Romans 8, same chapter, but back to where we were. In verse 15, it says we receive the spirit of adoption or sonship. And in verse 14, it says, If we are led by the Spirit of God, we are the sons and daughters of God. So we are not in some distant relationship with God where we are treated differently because we are adopted. No, not at all. When we believe in Christ, we are born again, born into the family of God And the almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, the all-powerful one who reigns supreme, becomes our father. As it says in verse 15, because of this, we can call him Abba Father. This is why I said earlier on in our message that we can scarcely believe the gifts that God has given us. He's not given us that spirit of slavery to fear, but he has given us the spirit of adoption. Can you believe that? We are made the children of the Most High God. And like I said in verse 15, it says we can call him Abba Father. This expression, Abba Father, describes the father-son or father-daughter relationship that we are most often used to with our own fathers, an extremely close and personal relationship where the father intimately knows what is going on with his child. A relationship full of tender, loving care. A relationship where the father looks out for his child and wishes them to do well in everything that they do. And when they are successful, beams full of pride. God loves us as our father, not as a distant monarch. He cares for us and promises to be with us always. This close relationship brings me to another great weapon that God has given us, and that is the power of prayer. Just as the closeness of our relationship with our own Father is dictated by the amount and depth of communication between the two of us, so too the intimacy of our relationship with God is defined by the role that prayer has in our relationship. We can't just come to God when things are tough. God eagerly desires a close relationship with us, one where we can tell him what is going on in our lives, what our concerns are, what things we've been encouraged by, what things we've been thankful for, what we're hoping for, what we can praise God for and thank him for, what he has done and what, how he is doing it in our lives such a close relationship with God, such two-way conversations about everything that's going on in our lives, then allows us to call on him in our time of need. And he will hear our prayer and provide us with the way and the means to respond to our circumstances. This is the joy and privilege of being a child of God. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We are given the full rights of being the son or daughter of God. And in verse 17 of our passage, it says that because we are God's children, we are also his heirs and co-heirs with Christ. All that God has will be provided to us. And in some part, that has already happened. We have salvation. We daily experience the grace, forgiveness and love of God. And as heirs, we're guaranteed a future inheritance together with Christ, which is a home in heaven with God, free from the slavery of sin and death, free from fear, but also where we are free to worship and glorify God, witnessing firsthand his amazing majesty and power, and all the while basking in the knowledge that God is our Father. When we come to a saving faith in Jesus Christ, we receive another one of God's great gifts, which is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, the Advocate or the comforter that Jesus promised to his disciples in John chapter 14. In that chapter, John 14, Jesus tells his disciples that the Spirit will teach them all things and will remind them of everything that Jesus had said. Back in our passage in verse 16 of Romans 8, it says that the Spirit himself testifies with our natural spirit that we are God's children. Here it is telling us clearly that God's gift of His Spirit living in us is frequently reminding us that God is our Father and we are His children. This is a reminder to us that we are not alone. Not only do we have the Spirit of God living in us, but we have a Father who is watching over us. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul says, The gift of the Holy Spirit is the same as being marked with a seal proving our right as God's children. And further, Paul goes on to say that the Holy Spirit is a deposit that guarantees our inheritance. When we're facing trials and chaos, uncertainty and fear, we need to listen for the voice of the Spirit in our minds who is reminding us who it is that we belong to, and how powerful he is. In fact, in John 14, Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Regardless of what we are facing, in the scheme of eternal life, whilst our circumstances may be enormous and seriously impacting, whilst it may be painful and traumatic, whilst it may be enormous and seriously impacting whilst our world may be turned upside down in comparison to the glorious inheritance that is to come this is just a momentary affliction a couple of other verses i'd like to leave uh, with you on this topic about god being with us can be found in deuteronomy chapter 33 in joshua chapter 1 and it's repeated In Hebrews chapter 13, Moses says to the children of Israel, just prior to crossing over into the promised land, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. uh, Straight after this verse, two verses later, Moses gives this same promise Uh, to Joshua and then in the first chapter of Joshua verse 9 we see that the Lord himself gives this very same promise to Joshua that he to be strong and to be courageous because he will never leave him or forsake him. So the second weapon that helps us to control our responses and reactions to the various trials and chaos in our lives is to remember that God is always with us. If God is for us, who can be against us? Our third weapon is the knowledge God gives us in His Word that in this life we will face various trials. Whilst the circumstances and the timing might be a surprise or even come as a shock to us, the fact that we are living in chaotic times in difficult and trying circumstances should be of no surprise to us. Romans 8 and verse 17, to the end of our passage. Paul says that we will experience suffering, therefore we should expect it. But look at the encouragement Paul leaves us at the very end of that verse, that we may also share in his glory. Sufferings, trials and chaos are also a reminder that we have a glorious inheritance uh, that God has kept in heaven for us. When difficult times come our way, Instead of giving in to the slavery of fear, use it as a reminder of what God has in store for you. I've really enjoyed being reminded of some of these things whilst preparing for this message. One of these great reminders is in John chapter 16 and verse 33. Just prior to Jesus' arrest, John's gospel records three chapters where Jesus gives his instructions and teachings to his disciples uninterrupted. He finishes this discussion with this fantastic verse, John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. What a great promise. Christ has overcome the world. God our Father, God who is in our corner, God who is watching over us and protecting us. God has overcome the world through Christ. During these times of troubles that we all face, it is right for us to be cautious and concerned, and when necessary, adjust our course of action. However, God does not call us to be flippant in the face of difficulty. He doesn't call us to carry on regardless with no thought for our protection or the well-being of others. Instead, he calls us to remember our position in Christ as his children. The victory Christ has won on our behalf and the inglorious inheritance that awaits us. We are to take heart in the face of adversity, for Christ has overcome it all. Do not let fear take hold of you and stop you in your tracks. The final weapon we're going to dwell on this morning is the power of the gospel to help us to press on to accomplish God's will and intentions for our lives. In Jesus' discourse to his uh, disciples in John chapter 14 through 16, he says to them in John 15 verse 27, And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not go astray. Jesus laid out to his disciples what would happen to him, that he would be taken by sinful men, that he would die and he would rise again on the third day. And here, in this verse, he's encouraging the disciples to go and tell everyone who Jesus is and what he has done for them. Yet when Jesus had been crucified, where were they? John chapter 20 tells us they were in the upper room with the door locked the fear of the Jews. Fear had stopped them in their tracks. Fear had stopped them from fulfilling the calling Jesus had given them just days earlier. Thanks be to God that he doesn't leave us strangled by fear. I'm sure you're aware of what happens next in the story. Jesus came and stood among them and said the same thing he says to us today. Peace be with you. We have this same peace that constantly dwells within us. When trouble comes, we need to remind ourselves that we have all the wonderful gifts that we've been talking about this morning at our disposal. Satan wants to crowd them out with fear and uncertainty, he wants to stop us and the work that we are doing for God in our tracks right where we are. Let us not give Satan these small victories, but let us take on the encouragement and the determination of Paul. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says this, Not that I've obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. My prayer for each one of you here this morning at Thornlands is that when trouble comes your way in 2021, my prayer is that you'll remember to claim the promise that Christ has freed us from the slavery of fear that you would remember that God is always with us. We are his children. We are heirs to his glorious inheritance. And we have that amazing ability to come to him in prayer, to talk to him and to ask him for his grace, for his help and for his wisdom. Third, my prayer is that you would accept that we will face difficult times, but in doing so, remember that Christ has overcome the world We share in his suffering so that we may share in his glorious inheritance that is to come. And then finally, my encouragement, my prayer for you this morning is to press on to follow God's will, to not be held back and to be stopped by fear or uncertainty or anxiety, but use that as a reminder to press on to continue to do the work that God has called you to do so that one day when we see him face to face, when our inheritance becomes reality you will be able to say well done you good and faithful servant. i pray that our time this morning has been one of encouragement for you something that we can take with us throughout this year as we face whatever it is that this year throws at us may god bless each one of you as you read further through this word let's pray heavenly father we thank you again for our time together around your word We thank you that in Christ we have the victory. We thank you that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For Christ has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we thank you that we have been given a new spirit, a spirit of adoption that we can be called the children of God. We've been brought right into a personal, intimate relationship with God. We have the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, dwelling inside us. We have the ability to have this close communication, this close relationship with you, the Almighty God, the All Powerful One, who reigns supreme over all, is our Abba Father, who cares about us, who loves us with a tenderness, who showers us with grace and blessing and who watches over us. Father, help us to listen to the still, small voice of the Spirit as we go about our lives, as we go about this this year and the things that it will throw up. May we listen to that voice of the Spirit. May we be reminded that you are on our side. If you are for us, who can be against us? Remind us that you have overcome the world. And help us, I pray, to press on, to not be held back, but to press on and to achieve the purpose that you have sent us to this world for. The purpose that you have set out for us, help us to achieve it. Help us to spread the truth of your gospel. Help us to live the mindset of peace and a mindset of joy and a mindset of satisfaction for you have won the victory for us. We give you praise. We give you thanks that you have given us this word so clearly. Help us to follow it. Help us to be reminded of it. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.